In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We are in week two of a four-week series on the book of Ruth. There are only four chapters in the book of Ruth, and so one of the things about Ruth that I love is this is one of those books that you can just sit down and read. And so as I've mentioned to you in the past, if you've never read a whole book of the Bible at once, Ruth is a good one, it won't take too long, and it's a good story. So if you've not really read, or if it's hard for you to listen to a lot of readings all at once, put Ruth down on your July reading list, because it's a good one. And week two, chapter two of Ruth, begins to develop the really good stuff of this story. So for those of you who may have been out last week, a little recap of chapter one. There is a couple, Elimelech and Naomi. They are Israelites, and Israel falls into a famine, and they are not able to feed themselves or their families. They have two sons, and so they go to the east side of the Dead Sea, to the land of Moab. And the land of Moab is not where good Israelites go. Moab, you may remember, all of you good biblical scholars, Moab roots itself in the unfortunate child that Lot had with one of his daughters. So remember, the Bible is dramatic. And Lot had two children, one with each of his daughters, and Moab was one. And so the land of the Moabites root themselves in that kind of unfortunate history. And so the Israelites say no to the Moabites, and they simply leave them alone on the east side of the Dead Sea, which is today in Jordan. But Elimelech and Naomi needed to do something good for themselves. And so they left Israel, went to Moab, and tried to make a better life for themselves. Well, while they were there, both of their sons married Moabite women. And that is very unprecedented. People do not do that if they are good Israelites. And so you've got Israelites living in Moab, sons marrying Moabite women, and then everything turns bad. All three men die, Elimelech and their sons, and Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law who aren't even Israelites. She tries to get them to stay in Moab while she returns home, but Ruth says no. Orpah, she stays. But Ruth goes with Naomi, and they come back to Israel. And Naomi is just completely crushed and devastated. She returns to Israel, head hung low, telling all her friends, don't even call me Naomi, I don't deserve it, because God has been bad to me. God has dealt harshly with me. And that's how we end chapter one. So in chapter one, Naomi really is the Debbie Downer. And she has no real hope. But Ruth, the Moabite, is who maintains that hope. And at the very end of chapter one, we see just that little nugget where the harvest has returned. So the famine that sent them to Moab is now over. And they are beginning to reap again. So Ruth, the Moabite, comes back to Israel and is certainly not well received because the Moabites are not liked by the Israelites. But Ruth has hope. If I were to summarize chapter two for you, it's very easy. Ruth meets Boaz. That's the summary of chapter two. And this is very important because Ruth and Boaz become the great grandparents of who? Anybody? David. I knew you knew that. So 
Ruth and Boaz become the great grandparents of David. And of course, who comes from the line of David? Jesus, yes. So Boaz and Ruth's relationship is critical to Christians. And so when Ruth meets Boaz, this is not just a meet cute moment. This is something that works for God's good. God is, in every step of the way, turning what could be bad into something good. And maybe the characters don't know it in the moment, but what God continuously does is takes tragedy and heartbreak and pain and works it into his good. And so let's take a look at this second chapter of Ruth. Boaz is a man of God. Boaz is a good guy. He is described as a prominent rich man. He's got land and he's got wealth. And when Ruth is introduced to Boaz, Boaz is kind to her. Now remember, she is a Moabite. This is not just a normal kind of kindness. This is not just being polite to a fellow Israelite. By showing Ruth a Moabite any amount of kindness, Boaz is marking himself as exceptional. Ruth, on the other hand, is a woman of very good character. We've already seen one example of her good character. Her mother-in-law loses the men in her life, and of course we know at this time that means that she becomes vulnerable, socially and economically vulnerable. And although Orpah stays back home, Ruth says, no, I'm with you in this. I have to take care of you because she's got the physical strength to do so. And so when Ruth comes back to Israel, she gets to work. And what is she doing in this chapter? She is gleaning. And in case we are unclear of what that means, she is intending to follow behind all of the workers who are cutting down all of the barley in the fields, and she will pick up their scraps. That's the best she can do. All she can do is glean whatever they drop as they are doing the harvest and hopefully get enough food that she and Naomi can eat and can live. And so when she shows up, Boaz recognizes that there's something good about her, and he says, you need to stay in my field. You need to stay behind my workers and they will take care of you. He says he instructs the men not to harm her and that she will be able to follow behind the women in the field and be able to drink water as she tries to glean the crops. Verse eight says, Boaz says to Ruth, listen, my daughter, do not go to glean another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. That's a seriously good thing. And if you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. This is a big deal. Boaz is giving Ruth a life preserver. He's giving her a hand up to try and care for Naomi. And we know from the beginning of this chapter that Naomi and Boaz are related. And so Boaz certainly understands that Naomi has been dealt a difficult deck of cards and she is trying to play them as best she can and Ruth is who's gonna take care of her. And so Ruth, knowing that Boaz has done something exceptional, falls prostrate with her face to the ground and says to Boaz, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? Ruth knows she's being treated very, very well. 
But what Boaz says next to her gives us insight into what I think we can get from this chapter. Boaz answers Ruth, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. But here's the best part. Boaz says, May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. So what does this mean for us? See, Boaz understands that what Ruth has done shows her good character and her good faith and her hopefulness, but not just because of something she did. We need to be very careful that we do not make Ruth a transactional story where Ruth does the right thing and then earns the good rewards. That's not really what's happening here. Instead, what we see is that Ruth's good character, her faithfulness and her hopefulness in God is what provides her the opportunity to turn what is bad into something so very good. And Boaz, as a man of God, recognizes what is happening. He's able to see that Ruth's faithfulness is, has brought her to this good place, and his response to her faithfulness is to be a better person too. He understands he's got an opportunity to be helpful to her and to be part of God's work in her life and in Naomi's life. And so he does what he can in order to help those who are most vulnerable. We see Ruth's commitment and trust in God to come under his wings as what will ultimately deliver her. The story of Ruth should not be a secret to us, we know that Boaz and Ruth ultimately get together. They are married and they have a child, Obed, whose son Jesse becomes the father of David. God's work through Boaz and Ruth is something sacred and something much bigger than any one of them. You know, I can sympathize with Naomi. Naomi is trying to do good. They leave their home, they strike out on their own, and they just experience a disaster. I get that she would come home with her head hang hung low, telling everyone that God's just done nothing good for us and that life is over. But I think the best of us is that we might live like Ruth, where even though bad things happen, and even though pain and heartbreak are a part of life, it's not about if that happens, it's simply when. And yet Ruth maintains that hopeful perspective. Ruth maintains that she can't do this on her own, that her faith and her trust is in God alone. Trusting that God is going to do all things and turn all things into something good. Ruth at this point does not know how that's gonna happen, but she gets to work. She does the good thing, and she trusts that God will work everything out in the end. See, God is never far from us. God uses small moments to make big good. The book of Ruth leaves us with one timeless truth that I think can sustain us, especially when bad things happen. And that's a simple idea that through Christ, 
through the promise of God, the best is yet to come. Each one of us has strength inside to do good in the world. May we not let all the bad stuff get in the way and instead remember that our help is in the Lord and that when we trust in God, God will turn all into good. Amen.